Welcome, everybody, to Bridge Builders Communities Church Sermon Podcast. You are listening to one of our messages from our weekly gathering. We hope that you sit back and enjoy and be blessed. I titled my sermon Crossroads because I believe we're all at one. And crossroads are those funny intersections of life, those challenging points of life where it kind of hits us right in our face. Sometimes we don't even know that we have arrived at a crossroads until it hits us like a ton of bricks. I don't actually think we go looking for crossroads. I, I, I kind of think we avoid them, if we can. Because I think we have a negative connotation to what they are. And I don't believe God intends that at all. They could be challenging. They could be joy-threatening. They could be overwhelming. But I do believe that God has a way to go. And God is committed to let us know what that way is. And so my, I, I've been digging with this for a few weeks about when to give this kind of sermon. Because the Cookie Ant family is at a crossroads and so is Bridge Builders. And the loss of Christine is fresh, seven weeks tomorrow. Still very painful. Still dev- devastating. And I can go on with adjectives and, th- and descriptions and, and things like that. But it, it is a crossroad moment for, for all of us, for the Cookingham family especially, on so many levels, but also for the life of this church. I was praying and seeking God to say, okay, God, I'm still a shepherd here, so I, I need to help you guys in your grieving process. And I admit that I don't really know how to, to do that while I am deep in grieving myself. But I believe that God has given me something that I think will kind of set a course for us or get us to look at this, this cross, crossroad that we find ourselves at together, maybe in a different way, in a less worrisome way or, or less maybe less that this crossroad doesn't seem so threatening or overwhelming and it may seem strange at first but I think you'll get this because where God started this sermon prep for me was in the book of Ecclesiastes and I didn't say it right, but you could forgive me for that. Chapter 7, verses 2 to 4. And this might seem very strange at first, but bear with me. It is better to go to the house of mourning than into the house of feasting. For this is the end of all mankind. And the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter. I don't think I would get too many hands raised right now for that. For by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. 
The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. And of course, when God led me to that, I said, what meanest thou, Lord? But basically, what King Solomon is saying here, we have to understand dying so that we know how to live. And there's something about sadness and sorrow that can be two things. It can be defining or it could be refining, depending on how we choose. See, sorrow could, could define who you are permanently, or it could refine you and you walk in more freedom. It is a choice. It's a hard, difficult choice. I found myself the past seven weeks making agreements with sorrow. I said the word devastating so many times I think it was starting to be part of who I was. I am devastated. I feel devastated. I walk in some devastation, but I don't want it to define who I am. I don't want to make an agreement with it. And so that that becomes who I am and how I'm defined. See what I'm getting at here? See, that's what, that's what Solomon is saying here. You know, the wise understand this. That sorrow can come and be such a part of you that you don't walk like you're alive anymore. And that's not what God wants for us. It doesn't mean that we don't grieve or we don't feel sorrow or we don't go through all the, the healing steps so that, so that we understand what grief is and what it does to us. And of course, we need to grieve. But there's a, there, there could be a refining element to that instead of a defining element to that. We don't want it to define us. We want it to refine us. That ain't easy. That ain't easy. I'm finding it very difficult. But I believe that there's power and there's truth in, in, in this. So as I was wrestling with just this, this, part, this part, before I even got into the meat of what I think God was saying, I was wrestling with this. And he said to me, he goes, Jay, every, every death is a crossroad. Because we have a choice to live or to die ourselves. So I started to look at this whole idea of a crossroad. What are, what are crossroads and what do they mean? And, and you know me well enough, those who have heard me know that you know, I go into this deeply. And I, and I explore all avenues of this, the practical, the spiritual, and sometimes just the way out weirdness of it all. I actually look at pictures of people at crossroads. This is how, this is how I get. Because, because there's, in the way people photograph things, and we have some photographers in here, the way you photograph something, the way you take a picture of something tells a story. So looking at some of these pictures, and if you saw the, the graphic for today's sermon online, it's very poignant. 
This guy's in the middle of a four-way intersection, standing in the middle of it, and not looking, doesn't look like he knows where to go. It's amazing what that picture said to me. Because often during this, this time, I have not known where to go. But God led me to Jeremiah 6, 16. So go there and, and just, I'll get there. I promise. As I was praying and thinking about the crossroad that I find myself in, the, the crossroad that we as a church find ourselves in, God said, there's, there's two things that you need to know. And it's just two. You need to know who you are as a person and as a people. And you need to know what's important to you as a person and as a people. You need to know who you are and you need to know what's important to you when you're at a crossroads. You need to know who you are. You need to know your identity, who you are in Jesus. And you need to know what's important. You need to know what your purpose is. Because then when you arrive at a crossroad, it doesn't overwhelm you with the choice of it. See that? See, if I walk up to a crossroad and I'm lost already, how do I figure out which way to go? It's guesswork at best. But if I arrive at this place and I'm secure in who I am in Jesus Christ and I know what my purpose is, it is a lot easier to decide which way to go. Are you with me so far? Are you with me? Knowing who we are and no one is important to us helps us determine direction and intentionality. Jeremiah 6.16 Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your souls. But they said, and he's talking about the nation of Israel here, we will not. And that Hebrew word means never. Walk in it. So basically, the Lord is saying, I, I, I said to my people, you know, stand at the crossroads, look and find the path that all your brothers and sisters have already gone down. An ancient path is a well-worn path. It is so well-worn, you can't miss it. That's what this is. The ancient path. Something that is definite, definitive. And you can't help but recognize it, God says. You're going to get there. You've got to look for it. You've got to ask for it. But you won't be able to miss it. This is what the scripture is saying. This is, this is really powerful and really kind of God to say this to us. And not only that, you will find peace in it. The, there are some very simple and very powerful instructions, plus that warning... In this verse. The warning is, says, you know, I, 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 
you can't miss this path. But Israel said, we're never going to walk that way. Which means they recognized the path. They saw it. Clearly saw it. And they made a decision to walk away from it. So there's immense promise in this very simple scripture. And you've got to read the whole context to get the, the talk. He's talking to the nation of Israel, and, and the context is important there. But this scripture can be pulled out, and we can take it apart, which I'm about to do. I said, I wanted, you to, I wanted the best way for you, but you chose something else. God is saying, stand and look. Ask and walk in. Rest or walk away. You know, I think sometimes we don't like, we don't like crossroads because they, uh, they invite choices. Choices that we might not be prepared to, to make because we don't know what we want. We don't know who we are. But crossroads will always challenge your perspective and challenge you to leave one place for another. And that's why I believe there are good things. And in God's kingdom, they're not meant to be bad things. So the first thing we need to do, we need to stand and we need to look. Now, the Hebrew word for stand here means to, to remain, to endure, to be steadfast in. The Hebrew word for look means to inspect. It means to have vision. It means to learn about. It means to discern. That all sounds pretty intentional, doesn't it? It also means to enjoy. You enjoy it because your eyes have seen the way to go. There's no deception there. There's no confusion there. And so you enjoy this because of what you see. It's kind of like saying, you didn't see it before. But you got to the crossroads, and now you can see it. Because the ancient path is well-worn. It's visible. It's noticeable. It is easy to recognize. God wants us to know the way to go. Because He's good. Because He's kind. And He has a way for us to go. Are you, are you seeing this? Are you, are you getting this? Because this is, this is really good stuff. So where you stand determines what you can see. Right? Mike, stand up for a minute. I'm standing right here. I can't see very much. Now I can see a whole lot more. Thank you. You can sit down. How I stand determines what I see. If I'm supposed to look in this direction, but I'm looking in this direction, I can't see. Not the way I'm supposed to go. And here's a really interesting fact. Maybe you didn't realize this. 
I can see a whole lot better when I'm standing up than when I'm laying down. It's very hard to see where I'm supposed to go. That's why God tells us to stand. It's why He tells us to, to endure. Because it helps us to see. We get a much clearer picture when we stand and who we stand on. Yeah. We stand on the Word of God. You see that? Where you stand helps you see where you're supposed to go. It's so much easier to see down the road when you're standing. If I stand on His Word, I can see the path. I have vision I can trust. And I can endure the process of deciding of which way to go because I know His truth. I'm not saying that it's not hard to be at this place. So God is asking us to stand and to look intently, intentionally, purposefully, to learn about the root. That's where discernment comes in. And that scripture is really saying, I expect you to see the way to go. It's not just like look and try to guess what's the best way. It says, look for the ancient paths. You'll see it. It'll be recognizable. You won't be able to miss it. Trust me, he's saying. If you just stand. And if you ask, I'm going to show you. You're going to see it. It's going to be plainly as the hand before your face. You won't be able to miss it. This is beautiful of God. And so then we need to ask and we need to walk. Now the Hebrew word for ask is to consult and to seek out. The word walk is beautiful. It means to follow. It means to walk continuously. It's not like you walk a little ways and you get to your destination and then, and then you're done. It's that you're walking continuously because you're following someone. And not only are you walking with someone, you're conversing with someone. This is walking and talking. This word means that there is a journey involved. The destination is yet to be determined, but there's a journey involved. And and the suggestion in this word is that we're following God and God is going with us on this journey. It's beautiful, isn't it? In the Hebrew faith, the ultimate walk is death. Is death. which adds a level of permanence to what God is asking here. That we go on going with God permanently. See, death wasn't a negative thing to the Jewish mindset. It means just a different part of their journey. I find that strangely beautiful 
Our direction is, therefore, based on relationship. The relationship that His way provides. We seek His plan. We seek His way. His pace, even, we seek. We consult with the Holy Spirit, with God's Word, and with each other. Because you might know an ancient way that I don't know. I might know one that you don't know. And together, we're supposed to journey together. To go on going together, continuously together. There's a, there's a sense of communion here, of being, being together on this journey, and, it, and, it's, and it's beautiful. And then we're presented with this choice. To either rest or walk away. The Hebrew word for rest means a, a resting place, not just a breather. A place of rest. And that place we know and we understand it when we walk with Christ enough that that, that place is with Him. Because it says in Matthew eleven twenty nine says, Take my yoke on you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will what? You shall find rest for your souls. The Greek word for rest there means a intermission or refreshment. But both scriptures talk about an intentionality of entering a place. Of rest. It doesn't choose us, we choose it. I wish it chose us. It doesn't work that way. We have to choose to go and follow the ancient paths and in order to find rest. We have to take his yoke, which is so much easier to carry than the than the crap I carry. But both places is a resting place. A place where we can be with Jesus and find rest for our souls. Now true rest comes from trust. And trust is hard when trauma hits. Trust is not easy when trauma hits. I was reminded and I was thinking about this... I often, when I do sermon series, I, I, I like to see what I did last year at this time so I can see what God is saying from that period to now. And I was reminded by someone, but we did a series called Breakthrough, if you remember that, from last year. Very powerful sermon series for all of us. And there was one sermon that I, I, I asked this question. The question was, what will you cry out over your pain? And what I was talking about at that time, you know, when Jesus was on the cross suffering and in pain, out of his pain, he shouted out, Father, forgive them. So I've been asking myself that question. I can't repeat the words that I cry out and shout out in my car. Not because they're blasphemous or cursing. But they're painful. 
So I can't say that I've really shouted out over my pain with anything that's life-giving. I'm not there yet. Being honest. Just not there yet. But I want to be. But I want to be. We're at a crossroads. One of the hardest things, and there have been many difficult things, so many difficult things, dealing with during this season. And one, one, and it may not seem like it is difficult, but it has been. When I tell you, Christine has died, but my mission hasn't. Christine is gone. My mission hasn't changed. That's hard to deal with. Here's the truth. Neither as bridge builders. Our mission hasn't changed. And I know the loss of Christine, who was at the epicenter of most ministries of this place. And there is probably not a person in this room that was not impacted by her life in some way. And surely some of you more than, than most. Her fingerprints are all over us. And that's hard to deal with. She's not here. She's gone. But our mission has not changed. And my mission has not changed. I want it to. But it hasn't changed. That's hard to deal with. Christine is gone. I hate that. But the houses are still here. The Millards are still here. I'm still here. Your leadership is still here. And you're still here. And more importantly than any of that, he's still here. God is still here. And though I I struggle with some personal questions about that, I know He has mission for us. The Great Commission has not changed because Christine is gone. We are here to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is what we will do. It will not be easy. I don't know what it looks like yet. But it has not changed. We're at a crossroads and we've been asked to stand and look and ask for the ancient ways. You know what? Christine made one of those ways. By the way, she lived her life. By the way, she patterned herself after her father in heaven. By the way, she gave of herself and and served. And just the beautiful person that she was. She showed us an ancient path. The path was grace, kindness, 
Unbelievable beauty. Seeking God for a direction after this trauma has been very difficult for me. So much of me was wrapped up in her. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed being married to Christine. Man, it was a blast. The greatest adventure I've ever been on except for following Jesus Christ. I miss it terribly. I miss being her husband. But listen to this. I love being her husband. I miss being her husband. I wish I was still her husband. But that was not my identity. It's a great part of my life. My identity is that I'm a son of the Most High God. That is who I am. And the moment I lose that, I don't think I ever have to answer that question. But you see what I'm saying? I know Christine meant a lot to a lot of you. And the loss is, is painful and hurtful. Your identity was not in being Christine's friend or brother or sister. Your identity is that you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. That's who you are. That's why it's important to come to the crossroads knowing who you are. Otherwise, you won't know the way to go. And you'll walk away. You will not walk in it. That's why you got to know what's important to you. Or you won't know what to walk in. The mission of Jesus Christ is very simple. To go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's it. And live that out every day of our lives. No matter how deep the trauma we're walking in as well. My mission has not changed. I have. mission has we can't let it do it to our church either. We just can't. We just can't. We gotta find ways to heal. We gotta find ways to, to mutually encourage each other in this. And we gotta, we gotta walk together. We gotta talk together. We gotta walk and talk with God. We got continuously going on. But it's going on. It's not moving on. It's moving forward. There's no way I can move on from Christy. I can't. But I can move forward. And so can bridge builders. Now I have some questions. That I'm going to give you. And I ask that you really, really, really purposely take these questions and muse about them and pray about them and give us feedback. It doesn't have to be next week. It doesn't have to be a week, two weeks. It just, we just need to have you answer these questions for yourself and for us as leaders. Because we're at a crossroads. I may not see everything clearly right now because of where I am. 
trying. But I may not. I need your feedback. I need your insight. I need you to help discern the ancient paths. We need to do this together. Okay? These are not really, really deep questions. But I believe they will drive you deep if you take them, if you ask these very seriously to yourself. By the way, I don't think Christine's influence is over. Of course it's not. Because it's generational now. Here's the questions. Three of them. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? That's the first question. If Bruce Brothers disappeared today, would Hyde Park notice? Third question. Maybe the most important one. Are you in? Do you want to stay here? Do you want to be here? Are you in? Maybe the loss is too devastating and it, it, and it is just too hard for you to be here. I don't know. Maybe it, the crossroads is, is telling you to take a different ancient path. I, I don't know. But I want to tell you that it's okay if it is. But I, I kind of need to know. Leadership kind of needs to know. Are you in? In the next series, this is called Giving Up. Giving Up. About our time, talent, and treasures. And this is, it's kind of got a stewardship bent to it, but it's more than just that. I'm planning on releasing some vision in it. Some of you know some of that vision. We've been talking about it and praying about it. But I'm going to try to be a little bit more specific. I haven't yet to do that with this group. Because I think you know my heart. I don't want it to be about Jay. And what Jay wants to do. That's why I need your feedback. And see if we're somewhere on the same page. We don't need to be on the same paragraph. But I like to see if we're on the same page. Do you think you can answer those questions? Or seek out the answer to those questions? And think you can do that? It would mean the world to me. And they could be just one word answers. Or they could be paragraphs. They could be scriptures. They could be. I don't know. But I'm in. And if you, if you do decide that, that, that crossroaded means that you're going a different direction, let us know so we can pray and release you. That's all. There's no hard feelings here. But crossroads invite changes and choices and direction. They're not bad things. Here's the thing. I'm looking at that guy standing in the 
in that four corners in the middle of the road, and he looks lost. He looks like he doesn't have a way to go. And then I noticed one thing. He was standing, looking at one direction. That meant something to me. It meant that I don't think there's a wrong choice here. I do believe there's a way to go, and God wants to reveal that way to go. But I don't believe that there's, oh, there's one good choice and three bad choices here. And we better watch out for the bad choices. The only bad choice is to walk away from the intersection. That's clear in that scripture. To walk away. We must engage in this on some. It's either choose a path together, choose a path that you think God is leading you somewhere else. But man, there's no wrong decision here except to walk away. And I don't think anyone in this room is ready to walk away.